Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday, and you know what that means. I am just fired up for this one to share this with you. I had an awesome collector conversation with my man, Chris. You know him as SoCal Sports Cards 10 on Instagram. He was just at the Burbank show. We talked about collecting T-Mac, building sets, what it's like being a Chargers fan, trying to buy Herbert cards in this madness. Just a really fun one. If you like what I'm doing over here, subscribe, follow, do all the things that you're supposed to do when you like someone's content, but most importantly, tell a damn friend about the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Excited for another collector conversation. Um, I saw a reel that our guest put out not too long ago, and I watched it like, I don't know, 10 or 20 times. And I was just like, man, I got to get him on the show. We've had some previous um, chats in the past. And I think, you know, we're trying to elevate the collector on this show. And this is a good opportunity to do it. I am joined by Chris. You might know him at SoCal Sports Cards 10 on Instagram. Chris, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Brett. What do they say? Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) Uh, no, it's just been a, been a pleasure listening to your, your show for a long time. Love, uh, love your perspective and happy to be here. Maybe a good place to start. Uh, I feel like if you had a phone and you were looking on Instagram over the past weekend, you probably saw friends, people, you know, at Burbank card show, we were catching up right before we hopped on and you were there. So I'd love for maybe since it was the first show, a lot of us, you know, had just saw it from afar, maybe give us like the on the ground perspective of that show, like what you liked, if you picked up anything, any stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was great to have a show, a big show kind of in our backyard. I was able to set up a table Friday, Saturday with my brother, uh, Nick, and uh, we had a blast just, you know, meeting collectors and kind of connecting with a lot of the, the hobby the ig community um we didn't get to the national this year so this was sort of like our mini national uh it was packed i mean uh any of the days if you got there um you were going to wait in line outside for a few hours to get in which i think is just you know great to see in the hobby obviously you don't want people waiting in line but i know that they're looking at a bigger venue for the future but it really was a great show i think you know just my take on what was on the floor it's all the popular cards you see on Instagram. Uh, but there were there were really nice pockets of of collectors that had, you know, different types of stuff. And I think that's it's it's nice to see, you know, actual collectors come by the booth looking for specific cards and kind of on their hunt. Um, so it was I thought it was a great variety, great location. And um, you know, anyone that thinks the hobby's dead or dying or wounded, uh, we're in good shape. That's that's awesome. And maybe the strategy there was to set up your own table so you didn't have to wait in line. So when when you were set up, did any cards come your way or did you make any purchases that um, you were excited about? Yeah, absolutely. I think having cards come to you is like, what a concept. You know, we've done the thing where we're like walking around and we're trying to 
move cards at tables. And I thought, I felt if we could get on the other side of the table, we would kind of have maybe the edge even in some conversations and also uh, just the ability to, to make some other moves. So, yeah, I mean, there were so many, so many great things that walked up to the, to the table, just loved having the conversations, you know, with people about what they had. And we did a little bit of buying and I did, you know, some personal uh, stuff, uh, you know, made a couple moves, um, actually moved, you know, some, some PC cards that, you know, meant stuff to me, but I just, am, I kind of at that stage in my uh, collection where I'm, you know, looking to mix it up a little bit, you know, get into a new lane. And so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but um, just some, some PC pickups that, that uh, loved, loved grabbing. So you uh, maybe getting into your collecting, I just, you hit your profile page and it, Kawhi, Kobe, T-Mac, Hall of Fame, Griffey, Herbert, we're probably in this conversation going to hit on all of them at some level, but maybe like, when you're selecting guys that you're going to go deep in, buy, hunt, like what are maybe some of those, the qualification criteria? You just said you're kind of exploring a new lane. What are some of the qualification criteria you get into before you're kind of building out new collections? Yeah, I think, I mean, I wish it was that, uh, that organized in my head, like, well, here's the list of qualifications, you know, who fits that. But so much of what we do in the hobby is from kind of the passion side of it. So I started, you know, really interested. I mean, I've been collecting a long time, like everybody else. Um, but I was, I was pretty involved in the community, like on YouTube, even and the blowout forums and stuff back in 2009, 10, 11. And I was really focused on like the Hall of Famer, you know, basketball. I was really into, um, you know, the Bill Russells, Kareem's, Magic, Bird, that kind of that group of players not really vintage but i just i love the game i mean i love sports i love the game i love the history that's there with them and so to me those are fun people to to chase after i was never really into like the rookie prospecting too much uh was just more into that so i think that's kind of how i got in and then as time's gone on you know my interest has grown as i've seen different parts of the of the card collecting you know you got the vintage you got the 90s inserts you have all the modern stuff, all the shiny stuff. You have the exquisite era, patch auto. I kind of like it all. Um, and so I've kind of just picked in, picked in um, you know, certain ones for certain players. So um, for me, when I think of T-Mac, like T-Mac, loved T-Mac, um, loved him as a kid. And so he was like the perfect player for 90s. Like if I, I kind of, when I wanted to get into the 90s inserts, I couldn't, couldn't do that at Kobe and MJ. Um, so to be able to chase some of those cards with him, um, or like the exquisite years, like going after, um, a lot of those hall of fame players I mentioned, or, you know, the Jordans, Kobe's like, you know, a patch autograph game used and an autograph from a, a legend, like that means something to me more so than just a shiny card of maybe a prospect. So I think, it, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but I just like it all. I love sports cards. Uh, I love sports. Uh, the more and more I've I've loved gotten to love football, I'm like, why not collect football cards too? So I've kind of been branching out and it's kind of been an evolution. Awesome. So we're gonna hit on some of those areas. I definitely want to go back to T Mac, but before we do, I feel like there is, you know, if you're opening up your Instagram app and you're scrolling through your feed, a lot of the time you mentioned it, you're like, it's kind of the cards you see on Instagram. It's this, you know, same stuff over and over and over again. And 
it almost seems like at times, like the, the collectors are there and we're out there and we're DMing with each other and we're chasing these cards. But what, I guess like, do you feel like we need like this resurgence and of like having conversations like this and kind of bringing awareness to the collector or, or do you think like the way it is, is, is kind of fine. And like what's loud and what's popular is always going to be there and in your face, like maybe share some perspective there. Um, and maybe it could be like based on like fresh perspective coming off the heels of the Burbank show and some of the conversations you were having or some of the things that you were seeing. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, I do think that there's a lot of loud, you know, what's loud isn't always what it is. And um, being at the show, I think, you know, I loved seeing, you know, the person come by, say hello to them, find out what they're looking for. They'd be looking through the dollar box or like the, you know, they're hunting like a specific player, like a really obscure card. And there's a lot of that. I mean, there's a ton of collectors that aren't spending, you know, crazy money on these prospects or whatever you see, you know, just the big names. And so I do think um, that the hobby is, is got a really healthy balance of that doesn't mean that's what we hear. You know, I think, you know, a lot of what you hear are, you know, a lot of the hype, this, and a lot of the podcasts that are out there and videos and, you know, all the things are about kind of the big money. And it's, it's really focused less on the collection and more on, you know, make money. It's the get rich quick kind of scheme. And that's not, you know, as, as people have talked about, uh, that's not what this hobby is about or what's going to be lasting in this hobby. So I think, I mean, I love conversations like this. I mean, talking to other collectors, um, you know, hearing the passion of why they like them. Um, I try to explain this stuff to my wife and she could care less about, um, you know, whatever gold refractor or whatever. She's just like, okay, cool. Uh, so I just think, you know, finding other collectors to really, you know, share that with, I think is really healthy. And that's what I've loved about your show um, and others. I mean, uh, Josh and uh, others who have highlighted collectors, you know, people that are in this, for the long run and enjoy learning about the cards and taking it home a piece of history. I love it. Um, let's jump into maybe T-Mac. You, you mentioned him a little bit and I want to like, and I'll share this. This will be a shared on my story. So if you haven't had a chance to look at it, but you just, there, there's been conversation about like what type of content do we need more of on Instagram? And there's been this like uh, kind of groundswell over the, Hey, just open up your box and just flip through your PC of a player or set and people like it. And so that's what caught my attention. Um, you posted your TMAC collection. I was just like, goodness, like this is just, I never thought about TMAC. I obviously had seen TMAC cards, but have never seen them all together the way you have them and presented them. So maybe like you mentioned like nineties nostalgic before we get into the cards itself and like what you like and what you've built maybe just like spend a little more time on just like Tracy McGrady and kind of the connection you have with him and, and what he means to you. Absolutely. I mean, T-Mac, he was part of a really fun time in NBA history in my mind. Uh, part of it is, you know, how old I am. It just it was a good time. I was, I was uh, younger. I was just getting into the NBA and you had these like high school players that came out, um, you know, in three back-to-back years, you had KG, and you had Kobe, then a few that came out in Kobe's year, and then T-Mac in uh, 97. And so you just had these like young, fun, you know, uh, guys that were, you know, in the league. T-Mac took a couple of years to really get going, um, but he was part of some fun, you know, Toronto Raptor teams. He was in the dunk contest, you know, pretty much overshadowed by his cousin, Vince Carter, uh, and one of the greatest 
dunk contests ever, but he just had a swag about him. And when he kind of got into his prime, he was just a really fun player to watch. I mean, he could score with the best of them. He was a really good defender. Um, he had these epic battles with Kobe uh, through the early 2000s. They were friends. Um, you know, Kobe didn't have a lot of friends back then, but they had this sort of mutual respect where they kind of went at each other. Guard, you know, mano y mano, I'm going to guard you, you guard me. So just a really fun player. I mean, I remember the All-Star game. Um, might have been like the 02 or 03 All-Star game uh, where he threw the ball off the backboard and dunked it threw it to himself off the backboard. And it's just moments like that where as a kid and as a fan, you're like, that guy is cool. I remember the first pair of shoes that I, I actually played basketball in. Um, we went to the Adidas outlet as a kid and my mom, I was looking for Tracy McGrady shoes. So I probably owned maybe three or four pairs of his shoes over the years playing basketball and just had a connection with him. So that's kind of where it started from the, the fandom part of it is like, there's a part of my childhood um, you know, early high school where I was like, you know, he was just one of my favorite players from the get go. Oh, no doubt. I just, I remember the, the random players on NBA live playing like PS2 with buddies. And it was always like hoping you'd end up with the Rockets or, uh, you know, whatever team T-Mac was on at the time. So you could just like run your entire offense through him. Cause he was sure as hell going to score. Definitely. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the, the cards T-Mac cards you have acquired over the course of time and kind of what type of cards in that lane are you attracted to? Yeah, I think, you know, he, he was actually kind of a newer PC player for me. I, I made a, just a thought a couple of years ago and I was thinking about my collection and where it's come and what I, where I wanted it to be in a few years. And I started to think about, well, what players that I really, you know, love. And I was drawn back to, McGrady and I didn't have a single T-Mac card. I'd seen a couple on um, Instagram. There's a few really, really great uh, T-Mac collectors out there. Uh, Coleman cards on on Instagram, obviously, is, I mean, he's got them all. I just saw him this weekend and got to stare at his red PMG. But, you know, there's, he was just a player that I thought, you know, I love T-Mac. Why wouldn't I go back and collect some of his cards? So that kind of would open the door for me to look into well, if I'm going to add this player to the PC, um, where do I want to start? I mean, he's part of pretty much every era of sports cards um, going back to late 90s all the way to present. And uh, to me, I really thought the late 90s was a good spot. One, I, I love those late 90s cards, uh, all the cards I couldn't afford as a kid. Uh, I wanted to kind of get into that space, but can't afford Kobe, can't afford Jordan. And, you know, he was a rookie in 97 98 so it's arguably like the best year of sports cards period i mean all the great inserts came out all the parallels obviously the metal universe and uh just so many great cars star ruby so many great cards and so i thought that'd be a good place to start so believe it or not the first card i picked up my first t-mac card for the pc is my biggest t-mac uh the pmg championship and i kind of felt like you know if i'm going to go at this instead of nickel and diamond and picking up his little cards, I'm going to make a move. And I had an opportunity to grab that um, from a long time IG collector. And um, that kind of just started a snowball for me. So I really focus on, for me, like the rookie stuff and those first couple of years when he's in a Raptors uniform, um, I kind of had to pick a spot and focus on it because there's just so much good stuff and it may evolve, but I really love, you know, all the refractors and, 
all the different uh, parallels and inserts from those early years. So I love the go, uh, go big or go home approach to kick things off. I think so often we, we struggle to get ourselves there because we think to ourselves, like when we're exploring these new PCs, we're like, man, like this is expensive. And I could just go pour it into the existing kind of PC player that I've been buying. But you like probably evaluated your opportunities and just said, you know what, like, I'm just going to do it. What sort of like feedback do you have for any, there's so, that's a position so many of us are in, right? We've got the save searches up, but we just can't make the plunge. Uh, maybe like talk through like, or share advice of like that, that you took with you when you did it, uh, maybe to share with the audience on just confidence and going big and buying something to just to get it started. Yeah. I, I didn't even, you know, think it's cause you're right. The way our brains are programmed as collectors, you know, we have a certain way we go about it. I didn't even really think it was attainable. Like I just didn't think a PMG championship, it's not the red or the green. I just didn't even think something like that was attainable. It just, that's a great card. I'll, I'll drool over it. Um, and then I just started thinking about what I was spending on other things, like other cards in my PC and other stuff that I had. And I'm like, if that's a card I really want, like, I wonder what's out there. I mean, there's only 50 of them. Let me, let me look. And I started looking at just hashtags on Instagram and ended up reconnecting with a, a someone I, you know, connected with in the hobby a long time. And he had one, not necessarily a TMAC collector. He just liked the card and bought it. And I started, you know, kind of pestering him like, Hey, what do you think? What? And he wasn't, I mean, he liked the card, but it wasn't like it was locked away. I think it, it was just a different, it's not how I've typically gone about my PC. So it was definitely a different sort of plunge. But for me, that's the type of card I'm like, this is why I want to collect TMAC 90s is for these types of parallels. And to be able to grab one, it's his rookie year, the PMG championship. I'm never going to own you know, one of these big ones. I just didn't even think it was real. And uh, it was a good, good timing on price. And it just, I mean, I'd encourage any of your listeners out there. Um, you know, we all love cards. So I have a ton of cards, but sometimes I think about, well, would I want to trade, you know, 10 of those for a card I really want? Absolutely. So instead of doing it that way, just kind of think about saving up or selling some stuff. And you know, we've always heard about consolidating. This was just a little backwards way of going about it. I love it. I want to get to your uh, 0809 UD, UD Premier Attraction autos. Turns out you've got three of the greatest players of all time. Um, I'm sure that was a mammoth feat. Maybe talk a little bit about what it is about that that set in those players and why you built that. Yeah, I touched on it earlier a little bit. I think with that type of player, like the all-time greats, I'm really attracted to the autograph and the patches, the game worn patches, because I think to have like, you know, a card they held with game worn Jersey on it, it just means a lot coming from all time greats. Like to have something that, you know, Jordan wore and then he signed the card. Uh, so to me, those were just kind of like no brainers. And in um, the late two thousands, we, you know, that was, that's what all the hot cards were, all the exquisites and the UD premieres and ultimate collection. I had an opportunity back then to buy the Jordan and then the Kobe. And I had those two cards. I had them locked away for a long time. And when I really got there raw, uh, when I got back into the hobby, 
And I'd always looked for a LeBron. I thought it'd be kind of cool to, to have the LeBron to, to match it, especially as he grew over the years. Couldn't find a LeBron. I mean, they're numbered to 50. Looked for a long time. When I got back into the hobby more seriously in 2019, uh, grading was the thing. I mean, before that, no one graded cards, or I didn't, I certainly didn't grade a single card. So I sent uh, the two of them to Beckett. One came back, the, the Jordan came back in 9.5. And I was really excited about that. I'm like, wow, this is cool. This thing's been literally in a one touch for 10 years. I've moved it around all these different places. It's been in, you know, just in a drawer, basically. So um, the Kobe, though, came back and they said that it was, had been altered or uh, trimmed. And um, I've owned this, like I own the card since 09, I think, or 2010. I owned it a long time. And so I, that was really surprising to me. I sent it back to Beckett and they graded it a BGS eight. And I was kind of bummed out about that. I'm like, you know, this is a, an eight. I, it just looks weird next to the Jordan having an eight and a nine five. And so I ended up kind of in a, in a moment of weakness. Uh, I ended up trading it at a very low value uh, for another card that I don't even own anymore. And I regretted it right away. I'm like, this is so uh, anyways, a couple months go by and the for the first time, I see the LeBron pop up and I'm like, are you serious? I just got rid of my Kobe. I've been wanting to pair these forever. So I made a move to get the LeBron. And then I was trying to get my old Kobe back. I wanted my old Kobe. I didn't care about the grade or anything. I was like, I want this back. Well, the guy I moved it to. He cracked it and sent it to PSA, PSA, and it came back a seven. So this thing, this card has been going downhill. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm weird as a collector. I don't want a PSA, whatever, next to two BGS slabs. And it's not going to look the same. So it was just, it's been a saga um, trying to get him. So earlier this year, a Kobe popped up on eBay with beautiful Jersey colors on it. And I'm like, okay, I got to move whatever I have to move to go get this thing because I, I got to put the trio together. It's been too too long in the making. It's such a relatable story at some level. Not Maybe not everyone has been in the position with those cards, but just the feeling of regret once you move something. Because it always seems like when you buy something or when you get rid of something, the other thing pops up and then you're just like, oh, shit. So maybe like what was a lesson learned from you just in, in that overall experience? You, you ended up having all three, but like what is maybe something you learned from that? Yeah, I think there's always you put more emphasis on the new, whatever the new thing is in your mind has a little bit higher value than something you've had for a long time. I think that's just in life, right? You're like, oh, it's my new pair of jeans even. It doesn't matter what it is. And I think with with these like cards, I think it's hard sometimes to step back with some perspective. First thing I learned I mean, it's good to have like hobby friends and hobby, like good people that understand your collecting style, because I like to bounce things off people. I like to ask my brother, hey, what do you think? He knows my collecting style. So he'll say, I think you're going to regret that. You know, I think that's a card you always talk about. Why are you all of a sudden infatuated with this new thing? So I think like having some, you know, a couple people to kind of ground yourself in like, hey, is this a good move? You know, that would have been helpful at the time. Uh, it's just to kind of take a step back sometimes and look at in the long term, am I going to regret getting rid of this for some new shiny thing that isn't going to hold my attention? Sometimes the collecting projects span over a long period of time. Um, I would say most of the time, and that's kind of been a theme on this show. You've got a unique one that I'd love to hear you talk about, but you, your six-year chase of the NT patch set, 
maybe like talk a little bit about um what the what the cards are like what year what they are and like kind of the why and the process that you went through to to complete it yeah so i think okay so it's an it's a 2015-16 game gear duels uh dual patch set um from nt and it's um the prime so there's a jersey and then the prime is all patches and I don't even know how it started to be honest it's been so long but I got I maybe got one or I saw one and liked it and then I was like oh it's a pretty cool card I mean it's got two uh two nice patches on it um they're low numbered they're numbered to 25 or some of them a lot of them are numbered to 10 um and so I kind of like that when I'm looking at a set that I can go after there's enough that I could probably do it or have a shot at it um but it's not like a couple hundred so I started looking a little bit more and like oh this is kind of cool and I kind of pair I like to pair things up so I probably grabbed another one or two of some players I like and then thought, well wonder what the the set's like I wonder how many and you know who's in it and there's 40 players in it um I would say of the 40 off the top of my head 36 or 37 of them are like all timers I mean, it's a great, it's just a great set. And so I looked at like, okay, I have all these Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame players. I have all of these like current stars. I mean, you have the LeBron, Durant, Curry, Kobe at the time, all these people like the biggest names. You got the Dirk, Wade, um, and then you got old, you know, old players, Larry Bird. I'm like, this is like the perfect set because I love, as I shared before, I love collecting the game use stuff from some of those players. So yeah, I mean, out of 10 and out of 25, I was like, this is a perfect set to kind of focus on. What was the, what was the like final piece of the puzzle for you and to complete that? So, you know, with, with a caveat, I guess this is the collector's caveat <laughs> with this set is that uh, as I did more and more digging, I found out that uh, they only made patch prime cards for 39 of the 40. And I'm like, well, that's an odd number. It's going to be weird if I ever want to like, I thought about it'd be cool to frame one day to have all 40 framed up. So uh, Ben Wallace, I'm like, I'll just grab the Jersey version of Ben Wallace. Cause they didn't make a patch version. I feel like that's fair. I'm not cheating. Um, but there are two cards. One is the, the Damian Lillard, which is number to 10. I've talked to every Dame collector and they're, they have like, he has a loyal, mm -hmm. a loyal collector base. And they have every year of that, all the patches. No one has seen it ever. <laughs> um there's a picture of of a tag a dual tag but no one has seen it and panini supposedly made it it's on the checklist uh i don't know if it's out there if you're listening to this and you have it um i would love to to add it so i'm just the caveat is, is that i picked up the jersey copy of it um which is number to 50. i have two of them and i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make that part of the set and and just go from there man if you're out there and you have any information you know where to send it i it's painful but i love stories like that so hopefully the community can do something around it um i want to move over on something that is super cool that i didn't even really haven't even thought about but i saw you were collecting them but maybe talk about relatively newer product the hall of fame uh gold mosaic thing you're building um i think it's unique i've never seen anyone collecting those before and you're doing it extensively so maybe like share a little bit about why and, and what exactly it is is that a polite way to say that no one else would ever want these cards is that what you're is that what you're kind of getting at <laughs> that's the bet that this is the 
the unique stuff is what catches my attention. I don't want to see the same stuff over and over. So that's why I saw it. It's, it's a tip of the cap. It's, it's a, okay. It's a, All right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know what? Mosaic was kind of a fun product. It was like, we were all stuck at home. Mosaic came out. It was the first year of standalone product. I opened a ton of it. Um, you know, just like whatever I could get my hands on. And I'm like, these are cool cards. The first time I saw a gold mosaic, the true gold, not like a wave or any of the other stuff. It's like number to 10, it's gold. It just has a certain, I mean, it's the mosaic. It's not even like a refractor. It's just got this cool look to it. And uh, so I was like, that's pretty cool. And I saw an Allen Iverson pop up on eBay and it was just one of those like, you know, random purchases where I'm like, oh, I love Allen Iverson. Let me, I don't own a single other AI, but I was like, oh, that's cool. It was like $80. It was the gold online. I'm like, I'll buy that. So I bought it. When I got it in hand, I'm like, oh, this thing is cool. And then I started down the rabbit hole. Well, it's the subset. So um, within the set, you know, there's like the MVPs, the Hall of Fame, and some others. So I'm like, well, I wonder how many there are. There's 15. They're all Hall of Famers. It's great list of players. Um, I love the way that they put the secondary color of their jersey in the background. So you have the gold on the outside. You have like, uh, you know, this uh, the cream you know, has the purple behind it. Um, it just, they look so awesome. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. 15 should be attainable. You know, they're all numbered to 10, but it's like the product's out there. It's new. So it just chased me, chased down this little rabbit hole. I have 10 of the 15, um, I think 10 or 11, and I'm, you know, missing a couple that are still out there. And I'm hopeful that the product's not that old, that I'll be able to find a couple more. So he just showed that since it's most people are listening on via audio, he sh- showed the Kareem and it is bad, badass, the beautiful card. Um, and I get it just from that flash of that. Have you found yourself your the, with the NT um, chase and then this one, have you like um, has like collecting a like set of a specific product allowed, like has that caused you to spiral out and start piecing someone because you've thought about them differently because you're building a set or is it, or have you, are you pretty like straightforward with kind of like who you're piecing and who's part of a set that you're building? Yeah. I try not to, I mean, I could go in so many different directions, but I have so many little projects. Um, and it's what keeps the hobby fun. So I, you know, I think in some ways I've done some different runs. I'm working on like a white sparkle run right now and some different things. And so, yeah, in some ways I've kind of, spiraled out but the hall of fame guys i've always loved you know i've always loved picking up kareem and bird and magic and you know all those guys so to me it's kind of like a lane i've always kind of been in um and i haven't really really spiraled too far which is good so this is i'm i'm glad you're on because i i've been wanting to talk with someone about this where you've got a player that's probably is next to you know the the goats as popular as it gets in the hobby right now. Um, and that's, you know, with Justin Herbert being one of them, you got Justin Herbert who like literally everybody, it seems like in the world is trying to like get their hands on some sort of Justin Herbert something because he's really good. He's young. And you know, the whole potential thing you're a fan, right? So you, and you collect Justin Herbert. So I've always been interested and glad you're here to talk about it. Like what's it like trying to collect a player because you're a fan of the team when the rest of the hobby is kind of like trying to vulture and get after this guy because 
of his potential. Like share a little bit about that experience in your Herbert collecting. Oh man, it's it's the worst. It is totally <laughs> the worst. It really is. It's horrible. <laughs> you know, I I like I was just kind of venturing into football. Uh I I tried to kind of stay in my lane with basketball and some some 90s baseball. And I'm like, you know, I love the Chargers. We're getting a new quarterback. We're drafting a new quarterback. I told myself, it doesn't matter who we draft. I'm going to go all in yeah. because these are these are cards I want to keep in my – I want to keep forever. I don't really care. It didn't really matter. If we just had some random quarterback that flamed out in two years, I would have bought all their stuff. And so I was really – I was excited about Herbert. And I'm like, you know what? It's great. He's not even starting. He's not going to start the first season. I'll be able to pick up a lot of stuff. It'll be it'll be great. So uh, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, you know, second first game. Second game, Justin Herbert gets thrown in there, and the rest is history. And I was so mad because I, I knew that all of us – I knew – I had a feeling he was going to be good, but I just wanted to have the cards. And his stuff just got so out of reach so quickly. In some ways, I mean, if you're a fan of a player or a team, there is some validation in being like, yeah, other people like him too. That's cool. Um, I do like that, that he's popular. But from a selfish standpoint, it's going to limit, you know, the cool cards I can pick up. And uh, I dealt with that even this this weekend. I actually, you know, moved two of my bigger Justin Herbert cards because as much as I want to keep them forever, I just started to feel a little uncomfortable with the value. You know, it just it became a little bit more than I'd want to have in one card. So I actually uh, downgraded a couple times on some Herberts. And I hope that, you know, I hope he has a, a great career. Um, but I hope that when maybe some of the hype is died down, you know, maybe if he wins two championships instead of five or whatever, people are thinking he might, wishful thinking, that I'll be able to pick up some stuff later on. I'd love for you, for you to maybe share, like, I know people talk about this on the side. I have a not a quarterback, but for me, a similar situation going on right now with Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh, everybody's drafting him number one in fantasy. He had a monster season last year. He was number five on NFL top 100 list. And I, I, I like, I'm such a Colts fan. I love him so much, but like, I look at the prices and I'm just like, what does this guy have to do to justify these? So I like end up walking away from everything I come close to buying. In like Justin Herbert's case, like, what do you actually think this guy needs to do to justify? I, undeniably, a special player, undeniably, barring any catastrophe, like, should be positioned as like the future of this league at that position. But like, what do you think this guy has to do to justify what what people are paying for his cards right now? Yeah, I mean, he has to win at least a, a Super Bowl. I mean. I think about Mahomes and like Mahomes is such a special player and like a popular player for so many reasons. And so, I mean, Mahomes has won one Super Bowl. Obviously, he's been there another time. He's won some MVPs. He has the accolades. I mean, but he's considered like the current best player in the league by a lot of people. So for Herbert, he would have to be, you know, he'd have to win a Super Bowl and be and play incredible during that time. You know, an MVP type season and then he's in the Super Bowl and they win to kind of maintain this sort of level. And so yeah, I mean it's a little uncomfortable when you're wanting to buy cards kind of at that price. For me, I'm in it for the long haul on him. Like mm. you know, in 30 years I'm just going to have a box of Herbert cards. They may be worth nothing at that point, but I'm just going to have them cuz I like them. And so I've kind of moved off a few big rookies and picked up a couple nice second year player second year cards of him where I'm like I just want to 
have this card and maybe the, that rookie will be a little bit more attainable in the future. Um, I don't think his prices are going to go down in the short term. Um, I think he's going to start out the season really well. And But year three quarterbacks, you know, if they don't win a Super Bowl, there is a little dip. And so I'm hoping to get back in in a big way. Maybe we close this out. So much of what you talked about and what you're building has been based on fandom. I think identifying like your North Star as a sports fan and drafting off of that and building collections is such an important way and a great just operating principle to enjoy the hobby. Maybe like, I don't know, leave, leave the listeners with some advice on just how you've been able to navigate and do that when there's so much kind of distraction and shiny objects constantly invading our timelines and hearing other people saying this is what we should buy and this is how we should operate. So share, share some perspective and just like how you've learned to enjoy the hobby at the level you are today. Yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, it's got to be fun. If you're not in this, a hobby should be fun, but a hobby is not enjoyable. And so for me, I want to have stuff and collect stuff that I'm really interested in. And we all have, you know, busy lives between work and family and everything else. So when I spend my time on something or I spend my money on something, I want it to come back to something that's really going to make me happy. And uh, I could, it doesn't matter what podcast I listen to, no one's going to tell me what is going to make me happy better than, look, on a Sunday, I, you know, I wake up, I got my Justin Herbert jersey on. I, you know, I have my special cup that I drink all my, my beverages out of, uh, you know, put my socks on the same way. I'm doing everything I can to help the team win. Um, that's my, my mindset. And so this is the stuff I enjoy and um, the hobby comes alongside that. Uh, so that's kind of what I, what comes back to me. Sometimes I get distracted by things like we all do. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Or this is shiny. But at the end of the day, when I start to curate my whole PC, what I want to look at, it's a reflection of me as a sports fan, whether my teams are good. If Justin Herbert was uh, Mitch Trubisky instead, he'd still be my guy. And I have a whole collection of them because that's my team and that's who I'm rooting for. So um, that's kind of the, my mindset. Really enjoyed this conversation. You can follow him at SoCal.SportsCards10 on Instagram. Chris, thank you so much for sharing what you're doing in the hobby. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Brett. It was a pleasure. I absolutely love doing this show because I get to have conversations like the one you just heard. So many lessons, so many things that we can absorb as collectors from listening to our fellow hobby participant, our fellow community member, our fellow collector, and Chris just brought it. Go follow him at SoCal Sports Cards 10 on Instagram. You take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Always back again next week with more Stacking Slabs podcast. Peace out. Peace out.